Are you awake? Do you smell it? That's Victory Monday, Kansas City. This is the Run It Back show on 610 Sports Radio, the only playoff edition show in Kansas City with myself, Dusty Likens, and my good friend, Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. I'm relieved in a sense. This was, I think, a lot more than we probably thought we were in for with the Cleveland Browns coming to town. The Chiefs coming away with the 22-17 victory. And I think what's sticking with me, and I know, of course, we're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes and the injury and some plays in this game, but For this team to, over the past three years now, host three AFC title games in a row, to me, that's a sign of the times. It's a sign of where the franchise is, and I think that's the most impressive thing that I'm taking away from what happened yesterday. Yeah, I mean, not to be a a punny guy, I guess is is Mm. kind of your your lingo here, Pete, but that was a dogfight. Like, it seemed... Mm. I guess it's kind of a tale of two different games, right? There's a, there's the start of the game where Mahomes looked great. There was the offense seemed to be clicking, Kelsey and Hill. Everybody kind of seemed to be on that page. And then obviously the second half of the game where, where there was the injury, which we can get into here in a little bit. But I'm with you. This is three straight AFC Championship game appearances. It's clearly obvious what the key force of this is, and it starts with 15. It starts with it starts with 15 and Andy Reid and how they have this um, momentum going forward. And you think about it, Pete. After a bye, they win again. They score 20 points again, and they hold their opponent under 20. This is just the recipe of the Chiefs, and it's been pretty successful. And if it isn't broke, you don't fix it. Yeah, and I just think the idea of Chad Henney and what he has meant to this team. And the backup quarterback is weird in the NFL because you don't really get to see or hear from him. You occasionally will get the head coach to talk about him if you have a meaningless game like the Chiefs did in week 17. And then you could finally hear about some of his work that he does behind the scenes. And I don't know. I I think back to last year where the Chiefs were finally able to get this Super Bowl done, and a big part of that was not Chad Henney. It was Matt Moore, right? Because Henney was supposed to be the backup. He ends up having the surgery in camp, and Matt Moore comes in for two games and is able to knock off a playoff team in the Minnesota Vikings. This offseason, I figured maybe Moore will be the backup, but they stuck with Henney ends up being this player-coach type of guy for Patrick Mahomes. I think the Chiefs are very fortunate that he was able to get a start under his belt in Week 17, and you saw that he was prepared to do what he did yesterday. And it was daring, and it was daring. Well, you have second and long, and uh, or I should say uh, the third and long play, and he is able to scramble put his body on the line and just come up short. But had he not done that, I don't know if the Chiefs make the call they did on fourth down to go win that game. And what a way to get it done. And it was all about buying time because at that point, Patrick Mahomes had been ruled out of the football game. And it basically 
bought them seven days, and now we wait and see for Mahomes' updates. But just a gritty performance from a backup quarterback in Chad Henney that Chiefs fans will remember forever. Yeah, I think when it comes to Chad Henney in this situation, it's extremely different than what you would look at with Chad Henney in Week 17. Like, everybody likes to make jokes, myself included, um, that we're going to watch a guy who's a backup, who's, you know, never really going to be a you know key component into anything that you do in a successful season because, again, he's the backup quarterback. Those guys don't tend to be the focus of what your season is. This was a game in which I think you saw how important his role can be in this offense. Obviously, no one's going to be number 15. No one's going to be Patrick Mahomes. You cannot, you know, you cannot duplicate that athlete. But what you can duplicate is how well focused everybody that runs that position on this offense with this offensive scheme and how well it can be done. And again, he was still able to find Tyreek Hill. He was still able to find Travis Kelsey. He was very calm. His demeanor seemed, you know, somewhat even keel when he's in the biggest game probably of his life. Like the 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 situation that this man is facing in a time like this is remarkable to know that he was able to go out on the field, figure things out, keep it on the same path. I mean, as soon as Mahomes is ruled out, uh, myself included, you know, my phone's going off. I can I can tell you where I was at. Everybody was just kind of in this nervous, nervous kind of a panic mode because that's the worst case scenario. And right. you saw that yesterday, or I guess we saw that two days ago when Lamar Jackson went out and the Ravens were just depleted. And again, when Chad Henney came in, it shows you what kind of system is being ran in Kansas City because those guys didn't just go, well, crap, our guy's out. What are we yeah. going to do now? It was just, all right, we're good. Let's rally behind Chad. Let's just keep going. We've got this. And like you said, the fourth down play was absolutely insane. Well, I, I just think we've seen this movie before go in a different direction. And this, date back, this dates back to pre-Mahomes. And I actually thought about it while Travis Kelsey was at the podium last night during that Titans game yeah. where the Chiefs are just dominating. Kelsey suffers this concussion, has ruled out for the game. You could tell that Andy Reid had really designed that whole game based around Kelsey, and the Titans crawled back in, and they ended the Chiefs' season with Marcus Mariota and throwing the pass to himself for the touchdown, and we don't need to necessarily get into that. But the bottom line is – Yeah, thanks for that, Pete. Yeah, no problem. It could be defeating. It can be completely defeating and completely deflating for a team – and they were able to step up and see it through and get the job done. And now you're in an AFC title game against a good Buffalo Bills team, hoping to meet either the Green Bay Packers or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. So we don't know the official ruling yet for Mahomes on Sunday's game against the we, Buffalo yeah. Bills, 540s by the Yeah, we have what we do have. Yeah, what, um, we, what we do have let's is... Let's talk about what happened, Pete. Yes. What we do have is Andy Reid after the game, and here's what we know so far with Mahomes. He was ruled out initially with the concussion, really couldn't get to his feet. I think everybody saw that. And then they ended up ruling him out after doing it looked like some quick tests in the locker room. And here's what Andy Reid had to say after the game. He he heard his – he got hit in the back of the head and and uh, kind of knocked the wind out of him and everything else with it. Um so we took him out. He's doing great right now, which is a real positive as we looked at this, passed all the deals that he needed to pass and 
And so we'll, you know, we'll see, see where it goes from here. So there you go. That's the update we have right now. And it does not seem at all definitive. I, it, it's something where it looks like they did initial tests. I, I've been telling people this because you're right. Your phone blows up when these types of things happen. When they go into the locker room and he is ruled out, right. that's what you would call, you know, that's not a good sign. Now, that being said, it does seem like there's going to be a bar- battery of tests that will happen on Monday. And I, I think the entire city is patiently waiting to see what happens with Mahomes because, you know, Henny coming in in relief, that's one thing. To think that the Chiefs are going to be able to beat the Buffalo Bills with Allen and the way that team has been playing toward the end of the season with the backup, is it impossible? No, but you certainly are looking for Mahomes to get back in this lineup. So, Pete, I'll ask you, because I was talking to Nick um, before the show, to me, and I don't want to sound like a, you know, a crying <laughs> or complaining type of fanboy, because that's not what I'm trying to be, but it kind of looked a little dirty the way he was taken down. And, and talking to Nick, he was telling me about Jay Glazer's report that it kind of just looked like he got choked out and thrown down. Right, and I I think that that could be a possibility. I mean, now that UFC has become popular, a lot of us have seen some of these fights, and that can be what happened to. I don't know. It at, at least in in my opinion, it looked a little too fast for him to have been choked out where he loses his air. I saw that on on Twitter. And I think you got to rely on the tests. <laughs> I don't I don't think when you're talking about somebody's brain, I don't think we should be. Uh, trying to to make assumptions about what this is. I thought it was interesting that after the game, and I'll play the sound for you, uh, Travis Kelsey suggested that the hit might have been intentional. You know, it's a, it's a violent game. It is what it is, and uh, we wear helmets for a reason, and that's because guys are flying around trying to uh, trying to take your head off. And, and uh, you know, it's um you never want to say that, you know, someone purposely took somebody out the game, but uh, they were flying around, and 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 after the after the initial hit, uh, they were fired up, saying, "That's what we do. That's what we do." So it was just there was a lot of talk between me and uh, and and their players, but um, for the most part, it was just in a competitive uh, mindset, and and because uh, I I do feel like those guys are, are good dudes, um, and uh, and I respect a lot of them for that, but uh, especially Miles. The player that made the hit was Mac Wilson. And it was an interesting play. I wasn't sure that it was intentional, but as he brought Mahomes down, it did feel like there was like a little extra where he was maybe like kind of in a almost like jabbing at his pulling on his neck a little bit. I'm not suggesting that Wilson wanted him to be knocked out of the game or anything like that, but I think there was a little extra on the play. And for what it's worth, Wilson tweeted at Mahomes after the game, and Mahomes, after he tweeted, hashtag anything is possible, answered Wilson back and said it was all good. Did you think there was any ill will in that play, Dusty? It just, I don't know. Like, I, 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 you watch these things, and your initial reaction is, ooh, that's dirty. You kind of then cool down. You realize this is the sport of football. There's a lot of stuff that can happen in, in ways that maybe look worse than they actually are on the field. It's interesting to hear a guy like Travis Kelsey say, especially like his voice, like you could tell that he was he was a little bit pissed because he said, these guys are flying around, they're saying that's what we do, and I get it, you know, that's his initial reaction after the game at a podium talking to the media. He's not really, you know, at a, at a state of mind that is 
I'm going to sit down, relax, calm, think about this, and then, you know, give my reaction. It's just, hey, here's a quick reaction to a question that I was asked. But it is interesting to know that, you know, that's an athlete that was on the field, that was there with the situation, that saw and then heard what we didn't hear, but saw exactly what we saw and had a front row seat. So, you know, I've, I've said this a lot. I think that everyone in the league knows that Patrick Mahomes is the face of the league. I think that we all understand that. I'm not saying that everyone is on Team Mahomes that's in the league, and I know that there's one big thing that you can say that is very obvious, and that is this Chiefs team is not the same when 15 is not playing. That's something to just keep in the back of your mind. I'm not saying that teams are going to try to hit him harder or try to, you know, be more strategic on trying to get him out of the game. But look, like you've stated, Mahomes was 21 of 30, 225, touchdown, had a little bit of a run in him, had a little bit of a banged up ankle from from the previous uh, previous drives. But Mahomes was cooking. Mahomes was doing well. The Chiefs were up 17 to 3, 19 to 3 at one point, and they were just cruising. And then the Browns kind of, you know, that play happens, and – the Chiefs didn't necessarily lose their 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 mojo to win, but they definitely were, you know, they were definitely halted when it came to trying to move forward and keep the offense going because it's like, yes, they had a lead. Yes, it was more than two scores, and Chad Henney gets in there, and it's like, hey, just protect it. Don't, you know, don't do anything to lose it. Just keep it here. And it seems like if maybe the Browns had had this situation happen before, like earlier in the game, Pete, our show's over after today, but luckily, <laughs> and Henny Given Sunday gets in there, gets the job done, and uh, keeps the Chiefs rolling. So that's my long explanation of how I thought that hit looked. I can't honestly say it was purposely done, but if it looks like it, it smells like it, it probably is it. I mean, I don't know if you agree with all that, but that's my observ- observation of what happened. Well, I think that's the biggest question now heading into the week is can he realistically play against the Buffalo Bills? What we know is he entered the concussion protocol, was ruled out, and then Andy Reid said he was okay after the game. Now we just wait for updates. You'll get your first update potentially at noon Arrowhead time as we have Andy Reid's presser Monday uh, right here on 610 Sports Radio. One of the biggest questions we had going into Week 17 was, is there a difference between rest and does it cause rust? Also, we give you some sounds of what was yesterday's win, Chiefs versus Browns, and don't forget Chad Henney on the drive, 215 today. I'm Dusty Likens. It's Pete Sweeney. This is the Run It Back show. We get you some sound, and we do rest versus rust next. The Run It Back playoff show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. That's right, baby. 610 Sports Radio, run it back show, Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney. Some people call him the Plaid Prince. I just call him my best friend. That's what I'm, that's just that simple. <laughs> we we have got close in doing this show. That's a good point. I mean, we're to the point where we just send each other audio texts. Like, you only do that with your girlfriend or your best friend. Right, right. Well, it's easier to, to, to talk than send a text. Right. Everybody well, knows that. You guys are sending each other audio texts? Uh, look, that's man. right. Dusty, man, I thought we were tight. Looks oh, like, we'll get there. Looks like Nick doesn't get any audio text from you. He's gotten some. He's just playing the. Mm. He's just playing like the little, the little, you know. Jealous. Bad guy right now. Yeah, jealous. It's all yeah, for content. It is. it is what it is. Uh, Chiefs. They'll be playing Sunday at five forty, I believe. That's the game time at Arrowhead. At least mm. that's what they schedule it. It could go a little bit later, obviously, because of uh, you know 
other games prior. But either way, um, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, they'll play first. Battles of the Bays. And then uh, we get Josh Allen versus maybe Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, a lot of stuff has to keep going, as we just talked about in the opening segment. Um, but one thing I think is interesting, Pete, is one of the focus points that we had going into the playoffs was, yes, it's nice to get a first-round bye because you get to, you know, you get to rest your guys. Everybody gets to kind of see who they're going to play. Like we heard uh, Mahomes right. and Kelsey say, I guess it was more so Kelsey saying that as soon as, well, I guess it's a total conversation, but as soon as the Browns were beating Pittsburgh the way they were in that first game of the super the super playoff weekend, super wildcard weekend, Mahomes already was studying the Browns' defense and got with Kelsey, <laughs> and they knew that they were going to be on the same pitch. This answers our question right away that we had rest versus rust. And, Pete, I think this is something that you kind of had the entire time was to see how they looked mm. coming out of the shoot. And I think the question was answered rather quickly when it came to the, the, the scenario of rest versus rust. Yeah, when the, when the Chiefs clinched the conference with a game to play, I, I heard everyone talking about, you know, what are they going to do in week 17? And I, I told people, I, I said, Andy Reid does the same thing every time he's in this situation. He's been doing the same thing every time he's been in this situation for 20 years. And it's to get the guys healthy and as rested as possible. And it seemed to have worked for him in the past and he stuck with it. And I just always felt, I mean, the idea of Patrick Mahomes not being able to hit the ground running felt a little silly. I mean, we saw how sharp they came out in the opening game of the season. And that's when you have six months off, just like everybody else. And in this game, right, we were wondering how would the offense look? Well, Mahomes completed 11 of the first 12 passes, and the Chiefs scored two touchdowns right away. And at the beginning of this game, at least, it just felt like it was in in full control. And the offense looked really, 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 really good. And it, it did look like they had saved some of their best stuff for the playoffs, and that's how Andy Reid typically rolls. He will save his best script for these games, and I don't think in the future now we should try to remember this, and and if the Chiefs are fortunate enough to get the Week 17 off and rest their guys and get everyone completely healthy, Tyree Kill comes to mind as he was dealing with that lingering hamstring for the last fourth of the season. He's another one. Get them healthy and get them ready to go. I think Mahomes and Reid have earned your full trust there. Yeah, and... Let's talk about another situation this game. I mean, obviously, the rest versus rust was answered, I mean, right away, yeah. right? You said 11-12, yeah. they're just driving, they're doing everything, seems to be going that way. To me, like you've said, before Chad Henney comes in and, and does what he does and keeps everything cool, calm, and collected, the play of the game, without a doubt, was the Higgins fumble created by Dirty Dan in the corner <laughs> of the end zone because I'll tell you what, Pete, as soon as that ball came out and it did what it did, I'm standing up yelling. That's a fumble, which means that's a touchback. Right. She said the ball in the 20, and that right there, I think, solidified that both sides of this team are not rusty. They're ready to go, and you could just see when that play happened, it was like, all right, here mm-hmm. we go. Anytime, and I, I, I kind of give people the analogy of playing darts when you play cricket. Right, you understand the game of cricket. You got to knock it, knock numbers out. When you give somebody an open board, meaning you don't point anything, the advantage that that next person has is uncanny. Just like when you get a turnover in a in a serious situation, 
and you give Mahomes or you give the Chiefs offense the ball without putting anything up, you're essentially giving yourself up seven points, and that's almost exactly what happened. Now, obviously, there were other things throughout the game that were a little bit bigger than this situation, but at that moment in this game, when that fumble happens, it was like the Browns were done. Yeah, I, his nickname's Dirty Dam, and I joked on, on Twitter yesterday, it's Divisional Dam. A year after he makes that <laughs> amazing play on the fake punt that changed the course of the game for the Chiefs against the Texans as they were rallying back from 24 nothing down, he makes his play that changes the course of this game. Because don't forget, the Chiefs were up 16-3 at this point, and Baker Mayfield isn't blessed with the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has, but he was making the most out of guys like Donovan People-Jones and Jarvis Landry, and this was Rashard Higgins, who has really had a nice season as he tries to break out in the NFL. So it's 16-3, and I, I'm, I'm happy to say it. It really seemed like the Browns would cut this lead to 16-10, it creates a touchback, and again, you got to keep in mind, this was before all the Chad Henney stuff and Patrick Mahomes going down with an injury. That likely would have been the play of the game had Henney not needed to have those late-game heroics. And it's just Dirty Dan, Captain Dan, showing up in the, in the playoffs, and his career is just a great story. And he's the ultimate role player for the Chiefs. He fits into his role well. And to just be an undrafted guy and to stick like he has. It's from work ethic, it's from film study, and it's from making plays like that when the Chiefs needed that type of play. Pete, I want to have a serious conversation with you. All right. Do we still call this man butt kicker? <laughs> That's another problem. <sighs> At a certain point, you have to lose your nickname, right? You, you might... I, I don't think we're ready to take away his nickname yet, but we are we are starting to approach that conversation. What is go okay? So, doing shows with with your uh, with your stepfather Jay Binkley, yeah, several times. This man gets so frustrated with what I guess there's a lot of people that call it Monday morning quarterback, or yeah, I guess you'd call it now like Monday morning field goal kicker about how Harrison Butker. Misses extra points, but then when it matters, he can you know he can lace a fifty yarder plus at any time. But right. he didn't do that yesterday. This is the playoffs. I was team calm down. Don't worry about it. This guy makes three points more than he misses one point. But I'm going to be honest with you, Pete. In a game like yesterday, where the Chiefs, you know, had that situation come up. Harrison Butker left four points on the board, four big points in a divisional game. I get it. It's fine if you're on the driving range and you're shaking your eight iron before you get out there on the on the on the fairways, and then you can get out there and start lacing it from 140 out. But look, dirty or not dirty Dan, but Harrison Butker going into the divisional round, you gotta clean it up, man. And if you're gonna go out there with a nickname like Butt Kicker, you've got to be able to give people the inclination that you are cools the other side of the pillow now i get it people want to be like oh he's a kicker that's not that big of a player on the feet yes he is like this is a situation in where like the chiefs once they pass the 50 yard line it is in serious conversation that this man can put it on the ground and put it through the uprights at any point from 55 56 hell 60 is where he's comfortable and we're at a point pete sweeney where I'm afraid we have to lose the nickname and you just got to get your trust back because there's a lot of people now that when number seven gets out there in the field, they're losing some fingernails. 
Yeah. Now, to be fair, it, apparently a lot of people had been saying that. It was very, very windy at, at Arrowhead Stadium. But this game felt like a microcosm of what Butker has been this year because his 50-yarder actually set a Chiefs franchise postseason record. That is a record field goal that he hit. But then he misses an extra point to start the game. I give him that one because they're getting used to the wind. But the 33-yarder after Matthews and his interception, you know, you look at the final score of this thing. Baker Mayfield and the Browns had the ball with eight minutes to go in this game, and a touchdown would have put them ahead and put the Chiefs in a situation where Chad Henney would have had to get the offense back into a position for another kick. Now, if you're in this situation where Baker Mayfield's getting the ball back with eight minutes left, you got to be feeling a little bit nervous. I mean, I was nervous. That is, we were talking. I was talking to Nick, Nick during the break. This was the first time I really felt like the Chiefs could lose a meaningful football game, and you could feel it in your gut, probably since the, f- the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. But if you get that field goal, it's a completely different game. It's 25-17. Right. to 17. Not only would the Browns have needed a touchdown, they would have had to convert a two-point conversion, and it didn't seem like that was at all. A given. So it is a concern. You hope that this isn't a sign that some of the problems we saw in the middle of the season with Butker missing extra points, what it was like five or six games in a row, five of six games have reared their ugly head. But kicking in the playoffs is just as important as everything else. And so you hope he comes back strong and and corrects whatever problems he might have had on Sunday. Well said, Pete. I uh, I have a little bit more confidence, but I'm like you. I, you know, you have that feeling in your gut where you're just like, oh, man, because like you said, they get the two-point conversion. It just ties it. Uh, so nothing personal against Harrison Butker. No. I just want to be clear on the airways. I, I'm, I'm not mad. I just – You're, I you're just have, disappointed. I just, yes, I want it, – it, exactly. And I just want to have a serious talk if maybe we need to stop calling butt kicker for a little bit, humble the guy up a little bit, get him back, and then all of a sudden, you know – Shut me up, Harrison Butker, and, and, and pipe one from 62 and then just, you know, smoke two single-barrel guns maybe right in, my face. Yeah, I'd be may, okay with that. Maybe instead of buttkicker.com, it's like a buttkicker.net situation until he earns the .com. Yeah, .org is where I'd probably sure. go with that. Look, again, nothing personal, but there was one guy that we started this show a week ago with saying, oh, it's personal. I was afraid he missed the flight. All that next on the <laughs> Running Back Show. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on the Run It Back Show with the busiest guy in the city, Pete Sweeney and myself, Dusty Likens. This is a show that is going to continue for another week, whether you like it or not, because the Chiefs just keep winning. Pete Sweeney, how you doing on this Monday morning, this victory Monday morning? Still doing all right? We're halfway through, man. We're almost we're almost there for the first show after Divisional Dan, uh, your new coin nickname yeah. with a big play and kept this team rolling. Yep, Divisional Dan, Clutch Chad, and your right. Kansas City Chiefs now, third straight AFC title game. Very, very impressive. Very impressive. Pete, I think it's impressive uh, even more so when this Chiefs team continues. And I, I, don't, I don't know how to not sound homerish or bias <laughs> or whatever you want to call it, but I'll tell you this. Last year in the AFC Championship game, everybody kept talking about 
How is this Chiefs team going to stop Derrick Henry? King Henry, big man on campus, 200 yards a game, can't be stopped. Chiefs holding the 77-yard rush. Last week, Kareem Hunt went to Instagram and said, it's personal. They let they gave up on me. Pete, you want to guess how many yards rushing Kareem Hunt had in this game? Not as many as he would have wanted, I would guess. Yeah, under 40. He had one catch. Now, he did have a touchdown, and he, he had a celebration that really pissed off Nick Price. Um, <laughs> and I think it's funny because Nick Nick Price can tell you this all the time because I, I, I'll, I'll plug our show one time. Tonight, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, the, the Red Reaction Show on 610 Sports Radio. It's your show, not ours. Um, here's the thing. The entire season, Pete, I have said this Chiefs team, when they were watching the last dance, because they all did, because all these guys, they love basketball, they love Michael Jordan, LeBron James debates, they love to have their little games in the in the offseason. Uh, we know it's in that locker room. We know how they love to ball. And they watched that documentary, and they took a lot of notes. Like, they want to have a three-peat. They want to be recognized as a dynasty. They saw how great Michael Jordan was as an athlete, but also as a teammate, and also as just an assassin to other teams when it came to playing the game. And when Kareem Hunt goes on Instagram Live, and he says all these things, and he says it's personal. That right there was enough for the Chiefs to just go out there and kick their ass. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did. Yeah. They made a statement when it came to Kareem Hunt. And I even wondered if he made the flight to Kansas City, Pete, because he was nowhere to be found, um, at least for the first, what, it was the 30 first... minutes of this football game? Yeah, in the first half, it, he didn't even have a touch. And... I think pretty remarkable because he had made those comments and we had all projected that if the Browns were going to be in this football game, it would be a heavy running game and maybe more impressive than the defense against Hunt was the defense against this unit. And we talk about Kareem Hunt and I truly do feel that Hunt could start 20 plus NFL franchises, but he just finds himself in Cleveland behind a top five back in Nick Chubb. And Chubb, 13 attempts on the ground for 69 yards. And then Hunt was only the sixth attempt for 32. He, he did get the touchdown. But that's a bang-up job. That's exactly the type of performance that you needed. And the Chiefs set the tone, in a sense, I think, because they, they've, they've now said for two years in a row that they're not going to get run on despite the opposing running back in the playoffs. And they're going to make sure that they defend Arrowhead. And that's what they did on Sunday against the Browns. Yeah, I talked about it earlier uh, throughout the you know the season, maybe more so towards like week 16, 17, as if maybe this team finessed itself all the way through, which would have just been absolutely disgusting if they finessed themselves to a 14-2 and two record. <laughs> um, I mean, that just would be something of, of just different sports worlds. But you think about this team and where they're at, and a lot of people love to talk about 87, 10, 15. Sometimes they like to talk about you know 17 as well and 14. But I can't emphasize enough how good this defense gets once it starts to matter. And when the defense comes to play in the playoffs, this is something that's crazy because the Chiefs, the Chiefs defense against the Browns, uh, and I get it, there was no Odell Beckham, but like they said, like Tyron Matthews said in the press conference leading up to this game, they've got a double-headed monster that you've got to stop. They did. They have a pretty damn good receiver in Juice Landry on the outside. And 
Baker Mayfield is no slouch, and this team ran by Kevin Stefanski is an entirely different team than it was a year ago. This offense is actually legit and needs to be considered a good offense in the NFL. Pete, this defense, when this, when the playoffs come around, this defense is an entire different animal. It's like they shed a skin and yeah. they become this fresh snake that just can strike at any moment. Yeah, and, the, and you're right. I, I don't think the Browns are any slouch either. I mean, Jarvis Landry was able to get seven catches, but the Chiefs were able to hold him to 20 yards. That's their best air weapon they kept in check uh, for 20 yards. I, I think they are missing their elite receiver and OBJ. Uh, didn't happen for this game, but they did go on this run. I don't, I don't think the Browns are necessarily going anywhere. I think this is the new Browns, the up-and-coming Browns. I think they're going to be in the mix. I think Baker Mayfield is good enough to have this team consistently in the playoffs. And the Chiefs were able to survive. Baker Mayfield started to play well, it looked like, at the end of the first half. Divisional Dan, as we're calling him, made the play. And then what was key for me, too, was the Chiefs' defense stepping up again and making that stop in the fourth quarter when it seemed like, okay, the Browns are going to take this game from the Chiefs and shock the world at Arrowhead Stadium. Here's what Frank Clark had to say about what he learned and what the Chiefs can do moving forward after making that stop. Oh, man, we got, we got to take the little things, um, the missed tackles, the, the, the um, you know, finishing plays, um, stuff like that. Um, when we up, when we up, you know, just keeping our foot on, on guys' throats, you know, not letting up to keep on finishing and the finish games. That's, I feel like that's the goal. I feel like that's the emphasis, you know, Coach Spags always talks about it's finishing, you know, to keep on chopping wood and, you know, weather the storm, you know, it's always going, team's good, man. It's the NFL. You know, it don't matter the history of the team. It doesn't matter, you know, what they haven't done. This is the NFL. You're going to see teams challenge um, the Chiefs because we are the champions. I think people forget this. Um, they're going to challenge us every day. They're going to challenge us every day in their meetings. They're going to challenge us every day on their field to be the best they can be to beat us. So um, we have to understand that and come to work every day ready to work. Dusty, I joked on Twitter, but the player who looked like it was personal to the most was a, a player that it wasn't really personal at all until Jarius Sneed, who's not from Cleveland. He's from Louisiana, but Sneed was right. playing like it was personal yesterday. Yeah, I think it was key uh, to see that young man play the way he's played, and I think we can seriously start talking about how the Chiefs have maybe found their defensive star in the draft. I know it's it's early, and I just had a segment where we need to relax on nicknames <laughs> when it comes to being successful in, in that regard, but Pete, if I'm, I don't think my memory is that bad, but if, if I'm right, this was your guy that you wanted to see step up, and he answered the call. Yeah, he had that sack, and it just seems like he has a little bit of what I would call baby badger to him. He plays a lot of different positions. Don't you dare take that nickname from me. Really durable, and he's playing really well. And I, I just think we had been on Brett Veach and the personnel staff for so many years about when are they going to find the next defensive back of the future in the draft. And you know, a lot of my guys at Arrowhead Pride, and, and it felt like it was right, were upset that the Chiefs would never spend a, a day one or day two pick the first three rounds of the NFL draft on a defensive back. And with this Sneed pick, it really is starting to seem like maybe they didn't even need to. And they've found a diamond in the rough. And this was a player in the fourth round. So not only did the Chiefs get him in that position, but every other team in the league not didn't have one, didn't have two. They had three chances to take this guy, and they missed it's fun to talk about LeJerry Sneed. Well, he'll get a big test next week. I can promise you yes. that, Tyron Matthew. Gigantic interception once again. Uh, the Honey Badger shows up in the playoffs. I'll tell you what, Pete, it was fun talking about the Browns, but uh, coming up on the other side, we got a new team to talk about. They start with a B. Their name are the Buffalo Bills. They'll be at Arrowhead next week at 540. 
for the AFC Championship game. We can just set up for that, plus what you can look forward to on 610 Sports Radio throughout the day. I'm Dusty Likens. This is Pete Sweeney as well. This is the Run It Back Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Time flies when you're having fun. Running back playoff show, 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney. Thanks to Nick Price as well today as we will be back. I know. Seems like a busy schedule. When do you sleep? The question, the answer to that question is you don't. It's that time of year. That's why everybody like Pete Sweeney, when it gets to like March, he is gone. You will not hear or see Pete Sweeney for <laughs> at least, I'm sure, four or five weeks. Is that accurate? Into the shadows until the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Try to, um, again, try to you can see it. all of Pete's uh, work and his great people that he works with all on Arrowhead Pride as he is the chief editor of Arrowhead Pride, the really the best source of, of Chiefs information that you can get anywhere, especially on the net. Uh, Pete, it gets real next week, man. Like I think it's, it's cute in the regular season when you talk about who can throw a ball further. Um, that's fun in games during a regular season, but it, it, it gets really serious now that we – we don't have to talk about the Browns anymore because, you know, their season's over uh, thanks to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now it's on to Buffalo, 540 AFC Championship game at one arrowhead drive. Uh, Josh Allen, and you'd think, hopefully, you're, you're hoping that, you know, speedy recovery for, for one Patrick Mahomes, as we'll find out more information today. Yeah. But, Pete, um, Buffalo, Kansas City, I think everybody saw this matchup probably at least four or five weeks ago that this was probably going to be the AFC Championship game, and it is. Yeah, not all that surprising when you look at the final four teams here. And what I like about it is you have Tampa Bay and Green Bay in the NFC side. So you get Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Brady's probably on his last year or two here. Rodgers probably has a little bit more time in that. But that is, it's it's a sign of the old guard in a sense. Brady's certainly part of that. Rodgers came right after him. And then you have these young guns who really have defined the AFC in what we hope to be Patrick Mahomes, right? Well, we're going to have to see, starting with Andy Reid at noon today on 610 Sports Radio, and then Josh Allen, who is really coming to his own. You hope you get that matchup because I think, at least in the AFC, this is this feels like what we were heading toward all year. Yeah, it seems that these are the two juggernauts of the AFC. I don't know if this is – now, there's some people out there um, – that might say that this is the this is the matchup of the future. This is what we can see more of. As you, you, there's not really anybody that challenges the Chiefs in the West. It seems like out there in the AFC East, until Bill Belichick maybe finds another quarterback that he can, you know, get to be his gimmick of what it is to be successful in that system in New England. But it seems like Buffalo is trending in the right direction. My question for you, Pete, is. When it comes to Buffalo and the Kansas City Chiefs, let's just address the elephant in the room. Let's say Pat Mahomes doesn't play. Can the Chiefs beat Buffalo? I get it, any given Sunday. But can yeah. the Chiefs literally, can they beat Buffalo with Chad Henney as the starting quarterback? I, I think it's, I think you got to ask yourself and try to put yourself back in the shoes of, you know, if Alex Smith was still here in an alternate universe, right? Could the Chiefs, could you see them being able to get to the Super Bowl with an Alex Smith given what would be this extreme Andy Reid game plan and maybe you 
run it a little differently where it's quick passing and you get the ball into your hands of into the hands of a Ty- Tyree Kill and a Travis Kelsey in space you use your running game this is someone we haven't even mentioned and probably deserves it earlier than uh, 50 minutes into the show but Daryl Williams certainly looked like a guy uh, this week that probably deserves the football a little bit more in his hands Hopefully you get Clyde Edwards-Alaire back. Hopefully you have Sammy Watkins back. So is it possible to beat the Buffalo Bills with Chad Henney? I think certainly, especially because I consider the Buffalo Bills' team where they run through not only Allen, but their main weapon is Stephon Diggs. Diggs is the guy you have to circle and focus on, and he's going to have a day. He'll probably have at least 80 yards, but if you can keep him around there, I think you're giving yourself a good chance. So I think it's very possible if the Chiefs have to go with Henney that they could win. Now, of course, right, I'm going to say the obvious here. You hope that Patrick Mahomes can play in this game, and we're going to be having our eye on this through 610 Sports Radio, Arrowhead Pride. Everybody in the city is going to be watching this storyline all week. Yeah, I mean, the the Browns did a good job of giving the Chiefs a reason um, to come out and just really be, you know, a little bit more maybe nasty or sassy uh, on that defensive side. And you, and you make a good point. Stephon Diggs is – he is the guy that has made this Buffalo team a little bit better than they were last year. Now, last year they had the early exit in the playoffs and the wild card round, uh, blowing a lead against the Houston Texans. Um, this is a team that I don't know if I'm if I'm worried to the max. Now with Cleveland, I was a little you know a little nervous because you hadn't played them this year. They were coming off a, a back-to-back wins against a divisional rival. They had this new, you know, kind of swag to them to where they just – it was it was them against the world. They're not these right. old Browns. This is Buffalo. This is this is Josh Allen's team. He's, he's officially made the turn on his career and become this quarterback that can lead a franchise into, into some victories and, and to a little bit of a playoff run. As they've now won two playoff games uh, this season, did not get a bye, which they would have in any other season. But here's Buffalo – here is Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen. But I'm like you, man. Like, I think there's a lot of information there with the Chiefs, Darrell Williams, really being a very underrated star on this offensive squad because, again, he was good in the last the last game they played together right. when Clyde was out. He was good in this game. He averaged six yards a carry. And and this is something that you, you go back to, too, when it's Chiefs-Bills. And there is an aspect of it that maybe isn't, the the fairest thing to necessarily do, but you go back to that week six game. Mahomes was 21 of 26 for 225 and two touchdowns, right? 225 and two touchdowns. That is a line that you could see from Chad Henney. They went into Buffalo and they ran the football all over them. That's what they did. Clyde Edwards, Lair, 26 attempts for 161 yards. Granted, I, I, you have to say, you have to say, and you can't bury the fact that this is a different team now. The Buffalo Bills are playing way better than they were in week six. But you've already proven to yourself that you can be pushing, you can push this team around, you can run the football on them. And if the Chiefs need to go with Henny and go with this run centric game plan, I think it's possible. And you would think by the time three weeks passes, if it is a concussion for Mahomes, if he can't play, he'll be ready to go in what would be the Super Bowl if you can get that W locked up. I think that's a really good point. I think that this team with this head coach, this type of scheme, they just seem to always look like they're one step ahead of everybody, no matter who is um, playing at quarterback. Because if I watch that game again, which I will, uh, from yesterday, even though it was a playoff game, the Chiefs still seem cool, calm, collected, and that's what you want to see this time of year. It didn't look like they were playing in a playoff game. They didn't look 
like they were, you know, a little bit on edge. This is the AFC Championship game for the Buffalo Bills. This is Josh Allen's first AFC Championship game. This is Patrick Mahomes' third AFC Championship game. He may not play. We don't know yet for sure. But everybody else on this team that's been with this team for a while, a lot of those guys, it's their third AFC Championship game as well, Pete. So they're going to be ready to go. They've been here before. That, to me, is the biggest advantage. And then maybe finding a diamond in the rough and Legereus Sneed, and you go out there and prove to the world that you can be the baby badger. That's what we wanted to coin Juan Thornhill's nickname. But now you get to go up there and play against one of the best in the league. Yeah, it's a huge day on 610 Sports Radio coming up on Fesco in the morning. DJ at 730, Dane and Hughes at 830. The key time is going to be to listen to Andy Reid at noon for that next Patrick Mahomes update, Dusty. Chad Henning, 215 on the drive. I'm Dusty Likens for Pete Sweeney. This is the Run It Back Show. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 5 a.m. Kansas City. Be safe. Be easy out there. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.